Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, good Monday afternoon. Welcome to another week of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, broadcasting today from the Southern Bank Course Studio here in Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us. Bob and Kelly on the show today. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, where it's a great place to have dinner seven days a week and a great place to cater your next event with baseball just around the corner. Keep Dickie's in mind, dude cater your southern miss baseball weekends all right let's kick off the week let's go down to the gulf coast uh we've got scott Watkins from the biloxi sun herald and scott uh i do want to get to your baseball article i, f- I found that really interesting uh but real quickly uh southern miss men uh lose rather handedly uh saturday in huntington west virginia uh 83 67 to the thundering herd uh, right at 500 women win one lose one as well at 500 but let's talk about men's basketball here for a moment uh, about 60 percent of the way through I guess maybe a little more of the schedule and uh, has App State uh, you know separated itself from the rest of the crowd or do, or do we just have a, a conference where anybody on any given day wins and loses yeah, I feel pretty strongly at this point about App State. They've snuck into the top 100 on Ken Palm now uh, with James Madison, and they've beaten James Madison both on the road and at home. And uh, that atmosphere, it, it is so fantastic up there at Boone. Uh, they play really good defense, extremely good defense, and they, they score very efficiently inside. Uh, they look like a very complete all-around team under uh, Dustin Kearns up there. All right, analyze the Southern Miss basketball program at this point. Uh, 12 and 9 on the season. Yeah, uh a bit inconsistent uh for sure, but I at the same time not really because the way that this is played out, they've played a certain way at home and they've played a certain way on the road. Uh they've done really well of course in conference play uh, defending their own uh court uh, with that win against Troy on Saturday. That was a game that they lost uh, pretty decisively on the road just seven days prior. Uh, they get at home and they're a different basketball team. Um, they actually, I, I don't feel that bad about the Marshall loss because they shot the ball really well up there at Marshall. Uh, you just can't turn the ball over 16 times and expect to win on the road. It's very hard to win on the road when you do that. Um, so I, I feel pretty good about this team at this point when you just look at the splits uh, because you look ahead and you've got six consecutive home games coming up. After Arkansas State and Texas State, five of those are conference games, and four of those five are against four of the bottom five teams in the league. So you got to feel pretty good about where Southern Miss is heading as far as their positioning in the Sun Belt Tournament. 
You know, one thing that strikes me, and this is kind of a sidebar, Kelly can comment on this too if he likes. I, I watch all these basketball games, and it seems like all these schools have these really beautiful basketball arenas. And here we are, you know, I, and I do understand that there's some plans underway, but, you know, struggling with this 1970s era type of basketball arena, that's got to be a bit of a handicap, Scott, I would think, when it comes to recruiting. You know, maybe, but at the same time, it's just about um, everybody's kind of on the same level-ish. Uh, I would I would point to mostly just where you're at. Uh, at Southern Miss, it's very easy to get people in the building. Uh, they showed that a year ago. Uh, at App State, a place like App State, they have the nice arena, but North Carolina is a basketball state. Mississippi's not a basketball state. Uh, so you, you just, they're going to have that advantage, I guess, one step forward. Uh, Southern Miss may be playing catch-up in the facilities regard, but they are actively catching up, and I think that's what's important. Um, I think that the very specific recruiting pipeline that Jay Ladner and his staff are hitting is is, uh, sustainable. I think it'll work in this league, so I I wouldn't be too concerned about the recruiting aspect, and I'd I'd be excited about where they're they're heading. And when you look at the the pressure on a couple of teams in the Sun Belt, the pressure's not on Southern Miss. And, Scott, your point about the remaining schedule, we talked about this last week. The remaining schedule certainly favors the Eagles. But the two teams, I would argue, that have the most pressure on them right now is the aforementioned App State, but also James Madison. And here's why. App State is 8-1 and in the league, 17-4 and overall. JMU 6-3 and in the league, 18-3 and overall. Of course, Southern Miss has the tiebreaker with JMU because uh, the Eagles are one of those three teams that, that beat the Dukes. But because this is a one-bid league and because the rules as far as the NIT is concerned, as far as who they're going to invite, really it's going to be almost a a really wasted season for App State and JMU if they don't win that tournament. All pressure is on those two teams. Is that a fair argument, Scott? No, that's that's 100% fair. That's actually where my mind was heading as I uh, uh, woke up this morning to look at the standings. Uh, App State – James Madison, of course, had the hot start with the, the Michigan State win, and they followed that up with a couple of good non-conference wins. But the Sun Belt, the bottom half of the Sun Belt, it's it's bad. I mean, there's there's no there's no getting around it. You have a Georgia Southern team. All they're five and four. They have a winning record in conference play. All five of those wins are all five of their season wins are in conference play. It's a terrible league. Uh, so you just have a crabs in a barrel uh, situation in the Sun Belt. This is the one sport that I think the league has the most catching up to do. And App State fans and James Madison fans, one of those fan bases, uh, potentially both of those fan bases are going to be very upset at the end of this year uh, when this phenomenal season that both schools are having uh, could be in jeopardy. Because if, they, if neither of those teams win the Sun Belt mm-hmm. postseason tournament, which we're all hoping, obviously, Southern Miss will do it, but if those two teams don't, they're no better at the end of the season, then ODU and Texas State, who are at the bottom of the list, because there's just yeah. nowhere to go after that. Mm-hmm. They could end up in a uh, CBI with a, a ten and a seventeen team somewhere. So I, that would just be a terrible way to go, honestly. Mm. <clears throat> Anything surprise you at this point about the basketball season that just jumps out at you, Scott? Uh, you know, initially, yes, like seeing certain teams do well, but then I kind of keep going back to the fact that the league is not deep. It's, uh, you kind of, you can eat up wins pretty easily. I was kind of surprised that Troy doing so well, uh, a little surprised that Georgia Southern's been able to do so well in conference play. But, um, I, again, I just keep going back to the fact that this conference just has a long, long way to go. Yeah. When, when you look at the, the scheduling, Bob, you got Southern Miss has two left with South Al. 
South Al's in the bottom half of the standings. They've got two left with Texas State. They're in the bottom two. Of course, one of, the, one of each of those series is going to be at Reed Green. You've got one left with ULM. They're in the bottom third. That game's at Reed Green. You play Old Dominion, dead last. That game is at Reed Green. And then you've got two with Louisiana. One of those is at Reed Green. That's going to be the, the key series as far as seeding goes. But, again, you've got to win that postseason tournament. When do you see that changes, Scott? You, uh, what's going to have to happen for, uh, for the Sun Belt to become more than a one-team one conference? Continued investment, uh, particularly among the coaching staff. I know Texas State had a spark there. Arkansas State has been slowly building under their new coach, uh, but it needs to come up from the bottom. And there's some other uh, weird circumstances. Uh, you know, the situation at Coastal Carolina, they have just hit their rebuild. They had their coach for decades. Uh, you have the situation, the unfortunate situation with Old Dominion, where their coach, uh, I think, suffered a heart attack on a road trip. Uh, earlier this year now they're on on to an interim head coach so uh it needs this league needs stability and it needs investment in good coaches and i think that's where it starts and that's that's the only way that it's going to get better all right we're going to get started on this i will hold you over if you've got a few minutes is that is that cool yes okay i want to talk to you and we've got about 90 seconds left in this segment first let me mention too that the women the southern miss women routed south alabama 77 to 43 uh saturday afternoon the, the, even on the women's side as well, Scott, and I'll, I'll hold off on the baseball question for a second, it seems to be much of the same thing. You know, it just it's so unpredictable. You beat a team by 34 points, and three days earlier you, you play terrible and lose to a team you probably should have beaten. Yes, uh, that, that does sound like some bell basketball. It, it's, it's kind of the same everywhere. Uh, there's a, there does seem to be a bit more consistency on the women's side. You've got long winning streaks now from Marshall, from Troy, from uh, ULM, and you've got teams that have been losing a bunch in a row, like Georgia Southern, uh, Coastal Carolina, South Alabama. Uh, but that that log jam in the middle, it, it it reminds you a little bit of football season, where there's just so many teams kind of all all stacked together there, and that's that's going to be hard. That's going to be tough to separate. Uh, who from who, but when you get into that conference tournament, there's there's no game you can look at, and you're going to be able to go, yeah, that team's going to move forward, that team's going to move forward. It's going to be just like last year when we got into that conference tournament where you just had no idea what was going to go on. And, and here to, this is about basketball, Bob. you got, what, 11 teams that went to bowl games this year in football. You're going to have one team go to the postseason tournament in basketball, and you may have four or five be in the top 64 in baseball. Right. So... Boy, is it ever weak, basketball. Well, real quick, Scott, here's the formula for winning. Uh, Saturday, the Lady Eagles shot 64.7% in the first half while holding South Alabama to 33%. You're going to win every time you do that, aren't you? That'll do it. All right, baseball is just around the corner, and uh, Scott, of course, keeps up with that very well. Had a good article about uh, Southern Miss and can it maintain these lofty season-ending sports streaks that they've gotten on the last couple of years. We'll talk more about that on the other side of the break.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, this segment of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookboard and CampusBookboard.net, where you get all your baseball apparel. I guarantee you the store is filled with that. They're on Hardy Street. They're there seven days a week. Miss Kathleen, that is, or you can shop online at CampusBookboard.net. Town of Country Cleaners is Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners. You know that. Family owned and operated since 1983. They offer services including steam pressing, shirt laundry, bulky bedding, minor alterations, and, of course, dry cleaning. You can visit Town of Country Cleaners at their convenient location across from USM on Hardy Street, or you can call them at 601-264-4920. We're talking to Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Let's switch sports. Let's switch to uh, what I think is fair to say is a lot of people's favorite sport. And it's just a couple of weeks away. Baseball, you were at Media Day last week. Unfortunately, we were not there, so I've kind of relied on uh, you and some of the guys that were there to give me the vibe. I- I'd like to hear your vibe of uh, of what you sensed at Media Day, Scott. I sensed uh, cautious optimism. Uh, I-, I sensed a coach that was uh, ready to go, that liked, that loved really what he had, just uh, seemed to have a lot of sorting out to do. Uh, but I think there's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of leadership in that room. There's a lot of new faces in that room. And as a result, there's a ton of competition, and that seems to be the theme of this winter. And uh, we're going to see how that shapes up over these scrimmages uh, before the season gets going. All right. From a talent standpoint, rate Southern Miss in the Sun Belt. And if there if there are teams you think are more talented, who would they be? I think the only team that could be more talented is Coastal Carolina. Uh, but I think Southern Miss is still up there in that in that top two range. I've only seen one publication put us, uh, anyone else over Southern Miss. I think it was Troy, uh, but Troy's up there too. But Southern Miss, I think, is a top two team. Uh, I, I don't, I can't say that I know as much about Coastal as I know about Southern Miss. But um, I still think the Golden Eagles are a uh, Sunbelt title contending team and a team that can absolutely. Uh, do what it did the last two years and, and make a big push in the postseason. Right, and that was kind of the crux of your article, you know, that I, that I saw this morning. You you do believe that Southern Miss has the ability to, to make runs, another run the way they have the last couple of years? You know, on the surface, there are question marks, but uh, when I walked away from media day after talking to uh, Coach Oz and talking to four players, uh, everything under the hood seemed very good. It seemed like the engine was running very, very well in that program. Um, you have you have a much, much, much more experienced pitching staff than you did at this time a year ago. And while you have a ton of new faces in the field, you have a ton of competition as well, a lot of good competition. You have a stacked outfield, an outfield that is uh, loaded with familiar faces and some new guys that are going to get some playing time. So you get the sense that this team, there's not going to be much drop-off. The only thing that it needs is innings, innings played together. Uh, you're going to have a new middle infield. That's that's going to be very important for that chemistry to build over time. But I think after once you get into April, this team could be running very smoothly. But when you look at at Coastal, for example, the reason Coastal's getting a lot of attention is they got those clubbers. You know, those they play in a small ballpark, guys that that hit a, a lot of home runs, and that's always real sexy on the surface, right? Is to pick these teams that have the big clubbers, and nobody ever wants to pick the teams that have great pitchers because pitching is not all that sexy, right? I mean, it it just isn't. It doesn't pitching doesn't sell tickets like home run hitting does. Uh, but what's the thing that shuts down home run hitting is is pitching, and when you look at to Scott's point about how deep this pitching staff is, um, this is this is the team to beat. Southern Miss is the team to beat. 
I mean, it's all about pitching. All about pitching, and I don't care at what level. If you don't have the pitching, you're not going to win. Um, and when you when you look at that lineup that Southern Miss can throw out there, both from the pen and from the starter, you know, the starters and the relievers, if they stay healthy, there's not going to be anybody in the league that can hang with them on you know on the surface. So that's but but that's why Coastal because they've got those clubbers and and Southern Miss has some good hitters too. But they don't play in a smaller ballpark, and so those numbers might not jump out at you. But you wait and see how good this pitching staff is. Scott? Yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead, they're, Scott. They're, Your thought? No, no, they're, they're going to be fantastic, I think. Uh, they're, uh, it's not just uh, the new faces, but I kept getting back that a lot. Or not just the returning faces, but I kept getting back that a lot of the new faces are going to be uh, really, really big. Uh, for Southern Miss, especially in the pen, and particularly during the week. Uh, they talked often about Landon Payne. Landon Payne is going to be a back-of-the-bullpen type guy. Uh, everybody loves him. Uh, I talked, of course, about my coach kids a lot. So I had I have two true freshmen, Peyton Lacey and McCarty English. Slade Wilkes looked at me. He smiled and said, both of those kids are going to throw this year. That's how special they are. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do as far as uh, the pitching. So when we look at the Sunbelt Baseball League, we just got through talking about the Basketball League and how much work there is to be done, how little respect it gets. Uh, Two-pointed question. Uh, how does the Sunbelt Baseball League stack up with all the sports? And, and as a sports writer, how does one explain how a team like Southern Miss, two back-to-back regional championships, two back-to-back super regional hosts, conference championship, tournament champion, and they're not in any top 25. How is that possible, Scott? Uh, the the first end of that question, as far as the conference strength goes, uh, I think the Sun Belt, you know, it's going to move up because you've got the, the Pac-12 dissolving um, next year. And when that happens, the Sun Belt's going to be in even better position, especially with, uh, I think, Washington State and Oregon State. They're kind of I think they're going independent. We'll see how that turns out. Um, but I think the Sun Belt is absolutely going to continue to be a multi-bit league on the baseball front. Um, as far as, you know, Southern Miss is being overlooked, uh, baseball, even even the, the biggest publications, they're always going to kind of shy away from a mid-major that is replacing a lot. That They're not going to dive any further into that. Uh, they're not going to go underneath the surface to see what's there and see if there's potential for more. Uh, once you have a mid-major that is losing all of its offensive production, almost all of it, uh, they're going to put them uh, outside of the top 25 in there. They can play their way in. Now, what's frustrating about that is they've done this several years in a row now with right, Southern Miss. Right. And uh, so eventually you got to think, you know, at some point, hey, Southern Miss has earned the, the right to, to start here in the top 25. But I don't think it's a big deal because you, you play the season for a reason. And uh, eventually we'll find out who right. was right and who was wrong. The players that were here a couple of weeks ago said they could they could care less. Uh, but from a fan perspective, you, I mean, you know, you know that it's frustrating. And I guess you probably don't expect anything different from Baseball America and the USA Today poll and all of that. But you do expect more out of D one who who is here on a pretty regular basis watching this baseball team perform, Scott. Absolutely, and, and they do seem to be uh, optimistic about what Southern Miss has as well. But I think that it's still, even with them, it just kind of falls into the same thing. You know, there's there's questions, so let's go with 
the more proven power uh, power conference type type team. So I, I guess that's just I don't know. I, last time I was on the show, we also uh, discussed the politics of that matter as well. So correct. Well, really, none of the teams in Mississippi got any love. I mean, the the two SEC schools. In Mississippi, none of them are expected, you know, based on the preseason. Yeah, Ole, two, Ole Miss is two years removed from the national championship, and they don't get enough respect to be in the top twenty-five. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, what does that Come what does that tell you? Anybody think Ole Miss is not a top twenty-five baseball program? Well, I mean, I mean Come on. anybody that follows it, you know, and and the teams that get too much credit are the teams from the north above the Mason-Dixon line because yeah. it's I don't care how hard you try to simulate outdoor, you know, practices. With indoors at the armory or you know indoor batting cages, there's nothing like getting on the field. And the teams are handicapped weather-wise, really north of the Mason-Dixon line. So, you know, I, I don't think this early in the year that you can project that any of those teams are going to finish in the top 25. But again, that's what counts is is where they finish. Scott, this is going to be a pretty exciting baseball season here with Coastal coming here, Indiana State, Alabama, Ole Miss, Air Force. Other, obviously, I think Georgia Southern plays here, which I think has a pretty good baseball program. Uh, yeah, but Ole Miss is no good, right? We just <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is really easy anytime you play there. Uh, I don't know, Scott. Should be really an exciting spring here in Hattiesburg. Absolutely. Didn't even mention Indiana State. Uh, super yes, regional team. Indiana State, yeah. super regional team from uh, last year. Yes, Missouri State also a traditional, traditionally very good program. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think the Eagles are up to the task, and I get the impression you think so as well. I do, I do. It's going to be a very fun start to the season because you play a whole lot of games uh, very early on. Right. So it'll be fun. Well, Scott, we're going to be broadcasting the show for two hours uh, the day of opening day. Uh, if you're here, I want you to let us know up front we'd like to have you on the show. and then you, Because we've done all these things on the radio, you'll truly see just how handsome we actually are. I will, I will be in Hattiesburg that day, so I'll let you guys know. Well, the, the, the handsome part's going to disappoint you, Scott, but we will plan on having you out there out with us at the peak. We'll look forward to that. Thank you, Scott. We appreciate your input. Thank you all. All right. Scott Watkins, everybody, from uh, the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Right around the corner, Bob. Yep, and we will be there on the 16th, two-hour uh, Eagle Hour remote uh, from the Pete. Uh, we're planning that out right now, so we uh, hope that everybody out there will be able to join us. All right, NFL football it was a Sunday of NFL games. Uh, Bob Matthews has become one of our go-to NFL guys. He covers the league for a living, and we'll get his thoughts about Championship Day, the Super Bowl matchup. Uh, what's that singer's name? Uh, the one that's, that, that's dating remember. the Kansas City guy? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't more, more to come on the Eagle Hour. <laughs> Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, our thanks to Scott Watkins uh, from the Biloxi Sun Herald for joining us. Always a good uh, conversation with him 
about Sunbelt Sports. Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. Don't forget about it. It's available 24-7 on Apple, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. I want to say hello to the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour, and that is Genesis of Hattiesburg. Genesis sedans and SUVs, the finest luxury vehicles on the road today. Coming very soon, the Auto Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. And it's a great place to have lunch and a great place to meet your friends for your next Southern Miss athletic event. All right, Bob Matthews works for SportsJourney.com. He covers the NFL for a living. He's up in the uh, northern Virginia, Washington area, and uh, has been our go-to guy uh, for the team formerly known as the Redskins. But we didn't we didn't call you today to talk about the team formerly known as the Redskins, now known as the <laughs> is it the Commodores, Commanders? I'm, I'm forgetting. Close, Commanders, Commanders. I do want to talk to you about the NFL playoffs, and so now it's down to two. Yeah, And, of course, it's the 49ers, which I think if you watched NFL football closely all year, you're really not surprised they were there. But i got to be honest with you, I am a bit surprised at the Kansas City because there were times this year that they just really didn't look all that good to me. And But yet, here they are again. What, what's your thought about the uh, matchup, huh? Well, the thing about Kansas City that I find interesting is that they got there on the back of their defense. And specifically, and that defense really leveled up when Chris Jones came back when they got his contract done. So, so you know that's and that's been different than than the last than every other trip they've had to the Super Bowl. You know, usually it's been all right. Let's just make sure that that Patrick Mahomes has the ball last, and we'll win that way. But uh, you know, this time they did it with defense and. Because they did it with defense, you know, that's – they always say, you know, defense travels on the road, especially in January, and that's what you saw yesterday. I'll tell you what's frustrating to me, though, Bob, is – and full disclosure, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Todd Pinkston is the running backs coach for the Chiefs. There's there's a lot of Southern Miss ties to that Kansas City team. But to me, as just an outside fan looking in, it's so frustrating when it seems to me – the inconsistency in officiating, particularly when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. And I'll point to this statistic. Mm-hmm. During the regular season, 23 roughing the passer calls against Patrick Mahomes. Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears, zero. Zero mm-hmm. roughing the passer calls. Now, you can't tell me that something's not going on there. Or am I just, am I just pouting? Well, you're pouting a little, I'll give you that. But I, I figured you'd be more upset about Joe Burrow getting hurt. Well, that, well, that 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 too, but uh, that's, that's well, another. I, you know, I, it, it's human nature. I think it's it's human nature. I mean, we all heard about the Jordan rules when you know when Michael Jordan was playing with the Bulls, um, but it, it was you know that it wasn't it wasn't just roughing the passer calls uh, on Mahomes. You know, yesterday that doomed the Ravens. I mean, the, the Ravens the Ravens doomed themselves. You know, they let Kansas City get into their heads in their own building. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson throws into triple coverage in the end zone. Um, he, you know, he get he coughs the ball up on another occasion. And then Zay Flowers, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, there was a clear taunting penalty after he made that huge catch. And then he let himself get stripped of the ball. Uh, or, or, you know, if you want to look at it that way, or, you know, you got to credit the Chiefs defense for, for knocking it out before he crossed the goal line. So, uh, you know, roughing the passer, not rough, you know, no roughing the passer. It, it, Kansas City went in there 
they hit the bullies in the mouth, and uh, you know, and 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 they out physical them. Even though, even though Kelsey taunted uh, Baltimore, I would argue on on several different. Uh, I, I'm just saying. Yeah, he, I'm just no, saying. He, he kept, Kelsey absolutely did, but he knew enough not to headbutt somebody. Well, you know, like Kyle Van Noy did. That's you know, that's what the psychological part of it is is all part of the game. You it's, know that that Kelsey's going to do that. It's just tough enough to beat Kansas City, but then when their quarterback, when they treat him with kid gloves, I don't know. It just it's just annoying to now, me. Like I got to tell you, Bob, and, and the. Interest of fairness, he was the same way about Brady. He was convinced. Was he? Well, yeah, he was. Well, you know what they say in Kansas City, you don't like that. You just got to shake it off, baby. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right. The other game, now, now look, I'm a radio guy, and, and of course, NFL coaches need my advice, like, you know, the Apollo astronauts would have needed my advice. But I watched that game yesterday, and, you know, you're three points down with about four minutes left in the game, and and you're in position to tie the game with a field goal. But you're going to continue this hard-headedness of I'm going for it on four. I thought he cost the Lions the football game when he did that yesterday. Yeah, I thought so, too, and that's kind of been the narrative coming out of San Francisco. And I think Dan Campbell might, might might even agree with you on that. Um, but you know, I mean, I guess you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't when you've developed that persona to begin with. Because had he gone, had he kicked the field goal and, and had the, you know, had the kicker missed it, I mean, 48 yards isn't, it's not a chip shot, but it's also, you know, it, it, it's also not 65 or anything like Correct. that. But, you know, think about what, what the reaction would have been had they kicked the field goal and missed it. So, you know, the, the time and the place, I guess, I, you know, you can, I, I didn't hate the call, but I didn't like it either. Yeah, but, well, you know, and it could be the, the, a learning curve for Dan Campbell. I mean, that was the first yeah, time he's, he's a young coach. been in that situation. But you're not, but you're not playing the Panthers in the playoffs. I mean, this is the NFC championship. This is the two best mm-hmm. teams there. So I think right. you, you have to change things up a little bit. It's just different. Oh no, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, yeah. if it was me, I would have I would have gone for the field goal and taken yeah. the points. But yeah. you know, he he was he was all gas, no breaks throughout the year. So I guess he yeah. figured live by the sword, die by the sword. If you uh, you know, if you get the if you get the conversion there, then you know, all of a sudden you're you're looking at being able to, I guess, maybe run the clock down down pretty far and and you know and, and get the go ahead score. Well. We've got two really good teams. Whether you like Kansas City or not, I don't particularly like them. They're very good. Either. And uh, and obviously, uh, San Francisco's very good. Who do you like there, Bob? I like Kansas City. I think that you just, you know, until you – to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I, I thought – I honestly thought the Chiefs were going to get run in Baltimore. And I that showed me a lot that they could go in there. I mean – Baltimore was just, I mean, the whole, the whole DMV was crazy last week. And it was, uh, everybody thought it was a fait accompli that this was, you know, the Ravens time. Yeah. And the, you know, I mean, Governor Westmore was in the parking lot at, at, at the stadium shot getting beers with fans. <laughs> I mean, they, they had been planning for this party all week long. And, and for the Chiefs to come in there like that. With all the headwinds against them and, yeah. and beat them like that, they, they can do that too. to the Ravens. They can do that to They beat them too. There ain't no doubt about it. You know, yeah. ha- having grown up up there, and I've had conversations with you about the history of the Redskins. To, mm-hmm. If you're if you're a Redskin fan and you're still living up in that area, it must be kind of sad to watch 
how that franchise hasn't done anything in 25 years, and now they've even lost their name and their history. And yet, right, what, 45 miles from there are the Baltimore Ravens, which have just become a juggernaut in the NFL. Got to be frustrating. Yeah, well, right? I, I, th- I think for Redskins fans, uh, they had the uh... – you know they had that beaten out of them uh, years ago, so I think they've been they've been kicked for so long that that they're kind of numb to it. To be you're honest, you're probably with you. right about that. You're yeah. probably. I right. tell you what, you see it. You, you hear a lot of anecdotes from people that say, you know, they, they take their kids to school, the ones in the on the the commander side of the DMV. Yeah, you know, they say they take their kids to school and stuff, and you see Ravens jerseys and yeah. Mahomes, you know, Chiefs yeah. jerseys and soccer jerseys and stuff where it used to be all Redskins jerseys. So no, no they, they still, yeah, they still got a lot of work to do to to win back a big chunk of that fan base. Here's the epitome of how bad it was. So over the last several years of the Redskins, my daughter and I and my wife would go up once a year and watch watch a Redskins game. It was it had become a family. Right. She grew up into a huge Redskins fan. The last year we went. We had gone to three straight losses, and we decided we're going to pick a team this year that we know <laughs> we're going to win. New York Jets, 38, Washington Redskins, 7. That was yep. the game we Yeah, you pretty off. much can't. You, uh, you cannot. Uh, you can't count on them pretty much for anything right now. But I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, I was talking with uh, some friends that, that have covered the 49ers uh, out in California, and they are very high on, on Adam Peters, their new GM. And they say, it's it's coming, just wait. I said, I'll believe it when I see it, but they I'm they insist you. he's going to build it the right way. Well, you, you don't have a coach yet, Bob. Not yet. Probably Wednesday. I got a feeling it'll be Wednesday. They'll uh, they'll be announcing Ben Johnson. All right. So, we'll see. so Bob Matthews is predicting the Kansas City Chiefs will repeat as world champions. Yep, you got it. I say take the Chiefs and the points. I think they were they were getting two and a half last night, and the last I checked, uh, they're getting one point. This is, I'm going to take the Chiefs and Taylor. You can have the points. I'll take the Chiefs and Taylor. Both. This is going to hey, be as long as you're ready for it. Then uh, <laughs> then you'll be all right. This is going to be like the WWE. Hulk Hogan would get beat up the entire match, and then the last thirty seconds he comes to life and wins the match. <laughs> Kansas City will win just like the NFL wants it to be. All right, Bob, we appreciate you, man. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Anytime, boys. Take care. Bob Matthews, sportsjourney.com, covers the commanders. And the Capitals. And he's a Southern Miss grad out of yeah. uh, Mobile, Alabama, originally. I'm sure he enjoys the Capitals. They do win a game every now and then. <laughs> they we'll do. Hockey, yeah. Southern Miss to the top. All right, I want to thank Bob Matthews and Scott Watkins for joining us. Uh, we'll be talking basketball tomorrow with Jay Ladner. He's scheduled to be on the show. We look forward to that. Uh, men in the middle of a four-game road trip, I believe, and uh, we'll talk to a coach about life on the road and what uh, lies in store for the rest of the season. Kelly, you got some news and notes? About the rest of the teams at Southern Miss, let's start with track and field. They were have gotten back from Houston, Texas, where they were busy on uh, Friday and uh, Saturday. The women 
had a couple of a uh, couple of high finishes. Elena Simon finished second in the high jump. Trinity Benson, who's been on this show before, uh, Trinity finished fourth in the two hundred meters on the women's side. On the men's side, a couple of second place finishes from the field team. Zane Palamine finished second in the high jump. Piers Cameron finished second in the shot put. The men and women's uh, track and field teams will be busy again fe- February 9th and 10th. They will head to Nashville. It seems like they're either in Nashville or Birmingham, just about every event that they have. But the uh, Music City Invitational is slated there for February 9th and February 10th. Women's tennis team, well, it was the best of times and the worst of times, or vice versa. Saturday they were swept by the Rattlers of Florida A&M, 4 to love. And Sunday they bounced back with a 5-1 to one series win over SLU, Southeastern Louisiana. So women's tennis just started the season this weekend. They're now... One and one overall. And you take a look at that men's game on Saturday, Bob, 83 to 67 against Marshall. And Scott Watkins talked about this a little earlier. I mean, Marshall shot 56% from the floor, which those are just really good numbers. But one of the thing that, one of the things that people have, have argued about against the Eagles this year, besides inconsistencies, they say, well, they, they just don't shoot very well. Well, the numbers are not bearing that out. The Eagles shot 47% from the floor at Marshall and of course it being on the road but it was the 10th time this year that the Eagles have have shot have shot over 45 percent so I mean that's that's pretty good you know and when you look at the way that they spread the scoring around Crowley or as the Marshall announcers would call him Crowley (laughs) Crowley had 18 points Kobe Montgomery had 17 Victor Iwako had 12 and Donovan Ivory had 12 so there's four different guys in double figures, uh, it resulted in an 83-67 loss. Now the men will travel to Arkey State on Wednesday night, the third of a four-game road trip. Ladies, as Bob mentioned earlier, 77-43 winners against South Alabama really led throughout tenacious, tenacious offense, both in the first and fourth quarter. They will entertain Louisiana this coming Thursday. That'll be a 6 o'clock start at Reed Green. On the women's side, it's Marshall, Troy, ULM, and JMU, way out in front of all the other teams in the in the league. Marshall 9-0, and Troy is 8-1, and ULM and James Madison are 7-2, and the Lady Eagles are 3-6. and And on the men's side, App State atop of the heap with an 8-1 and record, 17-4 and overall. Troy is in second place at 7-2. and Then you've got a four-team logjam in fourth place. Marshall, Southern Miss, JMU, and Louisiana are all 6-3. and Reminder, the Eagles still have two games against Louisiana, so they'll be able to sort themselves out. But the other games left on the schedule, two against South Al, two against Texas State. Those are teams toward the bottom of the heap. One against Louisiana Monroe, that'll be in Hattiesburg. One against ODU, they're dead last in the league, that'll be in Hattiesburg. And we mentioned the two against Louisiana. So that's a little bit about a lot of things, other teams uh, bearing the black and gold of Southern Miss. All right, uh, good show to start today. Like I said, Jay Ladner will be on the show tomorrow. Lots always uh, to talk to him about. We'll try to uh, get the Coach McNellis scheduled uh, a little later in the week as well to talk about the ladies. And Wednesday, Noah Frary of the Frary and Smith podcast, who cover the Sunbelt Conference like nobody else does. Noah Frary, a regular contributor to this program, will be joining us as well. And interviews with some of your baseball eagles to come a little bit later on in the week as well. So as always, we'll keep you up to date with down-to-earth news from Southern Miss. All right, don't forget uh, D-Bat sponsors the last segment of our show every day. Luke Reynolds is now the GM down there. I think he's going to be on the show one day next week as well. It's a great place to take your children for baseball and softball training. 
It's a state-of-the-art facility. The community is very lucky to have it, and I guarantee you that uh, Luke will uh, get you fixed up. If you just give him a call and let him know what you're looking for. Also, I want to say hello to our good friends at Mobay Beignet Company. They're at 2902 Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. And uh, now that we're into the winter, I guess you would say, South Mississippi winter, it's a great time to enjoy hot uh, beignets and good coffees. They're open seven days a week at 2902 Hardy Street. Of course, visit their Facebook page as well. And the uh, Mardi Gras parades, you know, all around the area uh, starting to take up, take shape as we head toward toward Fat Tuesday, my favorite favorite holiday after the year, named after me, as a matter uh, of fact. I've, I've so. always struck that as being so odd, having moved back here from North Mississippi. You can go about two hours north, and it's like Mardi Gras doesn't exist. Correct. And you come two hours south of Jackson, and everybody's into Mardi Gras. I've just always found that a little and odd. It, I mean, it's, it's so hardcore that the kids get off from school, you know, as if yeah. the kids need any other reason to get off of yeah, school. Well, they but. do work really hard. And they're, my God, they're in school a good seven, eight months out of the year. Unless it rains. Come on. Or, yeah, unless there's a threat of a thunderstorm. Fifty percent <laughs> right. chance of rain. School letting out at 11 o'clock today. <laughs> That's yeah. right. All right, Jay Ladner on the show tomorrow. As always, want to thank you all for listening. We do appreciate you tuning in every day. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.